This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Rubin. It's a nice afternoon. It is so gorgeous today, isn't it? It, it is. is. Like it's hot. a particularly, it's a hot day. It is a hot day. Well, not super hot. I mean, I feel uh, like San Francisco we have to. hot. Yeah. But like I was in a t-shirt and it was warm. It was, it was nice. Yeah. I, I only like... wore two jackets. <laughs> I mean, I did, but I was on my scooter. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I thought we, it's like we've been missing just sitting around chatting. I know. This, a glass is, of really, wine this is actually and, really nice. I, I, I quite like it. Well, there's a lot of stress when we have guests because, I don't know, we want to have good guests and talk with them. But we have questions. We have things. And sometimes yeah. it's not our agenda. It's their agenda. And that's fine. But I miss our agenda. Well, <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> Back to our agenda. God as, damn it. As it should be. <laughs> <laughs> it's our show. It, it's true. Okay. No, it's been a, it's like a super nice day. Uh, really, really lovely outside. That it's, uh, it's, it's also, we haven't done an afternoon show in a while. So it's actually, it's cool to, you know, be back here in the PM. We've been doing a lot of morning shows. So I thought we could actually uh, talk about some of our, our favorite quotes about photography and see if that is sort of interesting. Oh, another quote show. I a love quote, quote shows. Show. We haven't had a quote show in, <laughs> I don't know, it's been months. We've. It's been a bit. This is our This is our 76th or 77th episode. Really? Yeah. Wow. We're almost octogenarians. <laughs> <laughs> we look great for our age, though. We do. Uh, I mean, well, you do. <laughs> it's like, I think, well, I, think cool. I think we both look great for our age. Yeah, here. We're almost 80. <clears throat> I think the quote that is my... I think it's my favorite quote about photography. Okay. And it's by Dorothea Lange, who is a... Uh, we, we've discussed her in earlier episodes mm -hmm. for various reasons. But Dorothea Lange said that the camera is an instrument that teaches people how to see without a camera. Oh, I do like that. And I think that there's this fallacy when people are starting out in photography that they need to... I don't know. Um, they do something special. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that if I was teaching a class to beginners about photography, I would start with this idea about why are you taking pictures, what, you know, and, and how do you see now and how can we start to change the way you see? Mm -hmm. Does that sound, does that make sense? No, it, 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 I, it really resonates with me, actually. And I think that for me on my sort of short, um, thus far, photographic journey, I think what's interesting is it does it does force me to see things differently because I feel like I'm in a rush very often. And so having to stop and actually look at things, it's a mental, it's like a mental choice where I'm saying, okay, now I'm going to take a picture, slow down, look differently, see differently. Mm -hmm. You have to find, you have to, you have to find, <laughs> you have to, um, you have to find like a point of view. You have to find something that you want to aim your vision at and then work you know, wait to make it great. But right. you have to like work at finding the white. The, oh my goodness. What is wrong with me? <laughs> that last be one was a joke, but the first two were. <laughs> no, I, but, but I think what it is, is like I have to, I start to see things differently and I need to sort of reframe what my expectations are. And 
find that point of view. If something inspires me, uh, we were talking earlier about the way someone is sitting or the way that mm-hmm. the light's hitting something, it's it's not enough for me just to say, I want a picture of that. I have to be like, what is the right way for me to frame this and see this and capture this that is going to make my point of view, I need a point of view, and I need to work on getting that across in a confined in a confined image. So I, I do see differently when I'm not, whether I have a camera or not. Well, I was, I was walking down the street today and I was trying to um, be introspective about like how I think about the pictures I'm taking. Uh-huh. And so I, I didn't have my camera out, but I was certainly thinking about, about taking pictures. So I'm walking down the street and you start to pay attention to the things that catch your attention, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm walking by and there's like a weird looking guy having a cup of coffee. And just in that instant, he's kind of grimacing. And, yeah. and I think, oh, that would have been cool. Right. And then I walk by a fence and the fence wires are twisted in a kind of a funky way. And that's unusual. And I think, oh, Oh, look at that. That's weird. And you keep, not so important that I stop, but I keep walking. Yeah. If I had my camera and I was suitably motivated by the thing that caught my eye, I'd I'd stop. This is that thing, right? Slow down and look around, but then stop. But I think that as a beginner, you don't realize that the noticing of it is that, that first part that gets you to stop. But now the work begins. How do, how do I put a rectangle around this thing to capture the aspect of it that made me stop. Yeah. You know? Um, so I saw the the twisted fence. And what's the best way to make it about the twisted fence stuff? Like I could just, if I pulled my camera out and shot it, it, it wouldn't have looked right. I mean, from where I was standing and there was lots of busy things happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, my eye saw the twisty thing, but if a, a camera would see m- way more than that. Yeah. And so now I'm I'm sort of moving around. The the camera is a constraint. It's not the eye. It sees a very small thing, and so I'm walking around thinking about oh, how do I move so I don't have these things in the way where I, it accentuates the part I like. Is the light doing something? Can I move in such a way that the light would make that happen more or less? That's the work part. Mm-hmm. Like seeing it is important and learning to see. I don't know where I'm going with that. Well, I mean, I'll just, I think for me, for any, for creativity, constraints and context are of the utmost importance. That's how you know an idea or something is good is because it's, it, it feeds into that context. And then you also have to work within constraints, whether in, you know, doing what I do, it's like, it's budget or timing or logistics mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever the thing may and be. And the constraints in the camera but itself. But in the camera, yeah, exactly. It's like the constraints are the, the, the frame, the lighting, how close you can get, how far you're getting, what the other things that the camera is reading. And it's also, it's like comedy, you know, you need, you need constraints and you need context, you know, you can't just say, be funny. Um, you need someone to like. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> some people can be funny on demand, not me. But I think but, it's yeah. funnier when you have, you have like a context to like riff off of, or even constraints that you're kind of like working within, whether I, it's a PG rating or whatever <clears> it is. I think when people are beginning to get into photography and they ask, "What kind of camera should I get? Yeah. Is that a good camera? Is that the best camera?" Right, and you know, <laughs> it's a funny question because every camera is just a different set of constraints. Right. And there's no right or wrong. They're all, they're all devices that capture light and save it, and they all do some things really well, and they do other things not very well. And if you know you're taking these kinds of pictures, there might be something you want in that. It's not about having maximal resolution and mm-hmm. maximal all these things to the nth degree. If you're a professional, you want a lot of latitude. But, but 
you need to understand that all of them constrain you. And that is the fun part. Having a, a fixed lens on a Leica yeah. is too, for me, that's too hard. I, I need to change my focal length too much. And so even though the camera is great in a million ways, I don't want to lug around a bunch of lenses. Mm -hmm. And so I choose a different kind of camera. Right. Right. The, the, those are you have other constraints that you work within. I mean, you tend to work black and white, and that's one of your chosen sort of artistic constraints. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also think it's interesting. Where I mean, I almost feel that are we trained just to say, "I want the best. I want I want the best of this I, because it's the best," and then you can say how good it is. But the reality is, is until and maybe never. But you're never going to run up. You're never going to be hitting the walls on the technical capabilities of anything that's on the market right now, mm -hmm. and. To not use that as something to overthink or to procrastinate on. It's just like, this is good. That's why I love starting with an iPhone because I already have it. It's something that it is a tool that I can start working mm -hmm. on and actually seeing my skills for better or for worse. Well, people use Holgas. Get, people use plastic cameras right, with plastic Holga? lenses. It's a it's a an old old plastic camera, oh. and people use them. <laughs> Professional photographers will use them. It's kind of a thing. Oh, really? Yeah. And the, it's just a bunch of constraints, right? <laughs> it's like there's a lot of stuff it can't do, but there's, you know, you can use a pinhole camera. Right. But the Holga is very interesting. And to me, the even my Fuji is a is a, a set of constraints, and I'm okay with that. I'll do what I can with what it is. And having more isn't better. Having more options sometimes is more paralyzing. Right. Having fewer options is a better thing in many cases. Exactly. What 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 cameras do you use besides, I mean, you use your iPhone? You use, I use my use iPhone. I have a Fuji X-E2. Mm -hmm. No, that was my old one. I have a Fuji X-T2. Mm -hmm. And it's just a kind of a professional version of that. And it's not super expensive. It's, it's like a workhorse for me. And um, because it's sort of mid-priced, mid-tier in some ways, I don't mind standing in the rain. I don't mind going out to the beach with it. Uh, I'm going to Burning Man this year, and I'm I'm bringing a camera. Yeah. And you know, as far as I can tell, it's going to get freaking destroyed by the environment there. Are you going to bring a different camera than your XT2? No, no I'm going to bring I'm going to bring it. Yeah. It's like that's my camera, and yeah. the reason I got it is that it's it can handle you know that I don't stress out about it that much. Yeah. And if it gets dusty and it has like gets screwed up. That's what the pictures will look like. That mm -hmm. will, be, and I'm okay with that too. You know, I don't need it to be super high resolution. You know, I mean, it will be suitably high resolution, but I'm not making posters, so I don't. I'll probably choose not to shoot in RAW, maybe okay. because those files are giant. Right. And you know what? I don't know what I'll do. I don't know what I'll do. It's Burning Man. So who knows? Right. <laughs> I I do think you learn to see differently mm -hmm. when you're a photographer, and. And you can practice even without the camera. So, uh, but the camera is is a constraint. It makes you do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't not do it when you have a camera. You can certainly not do it when you're looking without a camera. Right. That makes absolutely no sense, does it? No, it means you're not doing it. Right. <laughs> you're, you're double not doing it. You're double not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's another quote you like? Well, I was actually uh, reading one here. I, I, I like. I really like both of those. Um, I, think, I mean, I think the Annie Leibovitz quote it, that I really like is, when I say I want to photograph someone, what it really means is that I'd like to know them. And anyone I know, I photograph. And so I, that really reminds me of actually one of our photographers that we interviewed uh, two, was it two weeks ago? 
how, how long ago, but Rachel Dunville, oh, how Rachel, she's yeah. so passionate and just connected to the individuals that she photographs. And that that really resonates with me. I, I, I so see that with her and whether she knows them very well or she's sort of just getting to know them. She has this like deep intimacy that she's able to capture in her photographs. Mm -hmm. I, I really admire that. I think for me personally, it's almost hard to photograph someone's um, someone's like spirit uh, yeah. when you know them so well, because then they're just like, all right, what are you doing? Suzanne, you're, you're obviously much better at this. Well, I think I agree with the quote because for me, it, you know how some people are like nervous eaters or there's a, a discussion that people um, eat away their frustrations or they use food mm -hmm. in these other ways. I feel like I use photography in these other ways. Mm -hmm. My own um, nervousness about interaction or as a, as a catalyst for talking to someone or getting to know someone. So I, I understand that because if I say that I want to photograph someone mm -hmm. or if I see someone, it is a kind of a way of allowing someone who's kind of not willing to approach someone or start a conversation to do it yeah. and to get to know them. And the, and the photograph creates a natural sort of proscribed safe zone to talk to a stranger right. and to get to know someone very, for me, um, very intimately, mm -hmm. but in a kind of constrained, safe way. No. Do you remember when we went, this is a few months ago, we went to the Apple store in San Francisco and they had a photography talk. Oh, yeah. And at the end of the, the photography talk, we um, we had we were like paired up randomly with right. other people and we had to take photos of these complete strangers. Yes. And the first photos you took were, everyone's were just cheesy for the most part. It was just like, bite and smile and... Right here's your photo. And then she kind of talked through other things of different ways of like looking and seeing someone. And then you had to take their picture again as you kind of like got to know them. Uh, you, I think we also talked for a few minutes of like, what was our background? And those photos were so much more interesting. That's true. That's cool. It, it, that's a great thing for people to do. Like yeah. to, to use photography as a way to break through, yeah. you know, meet people. And then you'll see whether those pictures get better was that, that was the point of the exercise, wasn't it? It was, yeah. To kind of point that out? Mm -hmm. That's a good one. <laughs> that was so successful. <laughs> was, Apple seems to know what they're doing sometimes. <laughs> I don't know who's teaching that. I can't remember, but it was that's a that was a good thing. We'll look her we'll look her up. I yeah. remember her photographs, but I'm I'm not remembering her name. What's another quote you like? I like um I think one of my favorites is by Deanne Arbus when she said, um, I really believe there are things that no one would see if I didn't photograph them. A lot of times when you see people's photographs that are pretty or nicely done mm -hmm. and it's well, even if it's well composed and it's colorful and it's beautiful by so many, by so many measurements, but it's not showing you something you don't already know, yeah. don't already see. And the pictures that you like the most are when they're either showing you something you think you know and you're seeing it in a new way or they're showing you something that you wouldn't have seen uh well i think i think it's like something that i if i don't fully understand it especially i look longer i feel like if it's you know it's, it's a beautiful sunset those are hard photos for me to linger on because it's sort of like okay it's pretty mm. beat two beat three beat four done next done. one right but and the other ones that i don't understand it's like my brain wants to figure it out and so whether it's like the sheets, you know, I'm thinking of that um, uh, photograph where it's like the bed is pulled back and there's like hair pieces or something. Oh, that's Imogen Cunningham's picture of the oh, unmade bed. Yeah. And but yeah. it's like it, photos where you're just like, 
what happened here? Why why is that there? And yet you you are then you search the picture for clues and hints that I want to go deeper into that story. Mm-hmm. That way of framing, you know, what what she saw and no one else would have ever seen that had it not been captured. For me that particular picture, I mean it works on so many levels, but it's like that's clearly a scene from her world, right? Yeah. This is like a a, a forgettable moment of her life where maybe you get out of bed and the bed's just sitting there and your, your her hairpins have fallen out of her hair and yeah. they're kind of in the bed. And we're getting this slice of Imogen Cunningham's sort of mourning or her mm-hmm. life. And it's so luscious and beautiful and eminently forgettable. You know what? It, it almost harkens to this other quote by Aaron Siskind, who mm-hmm. is another photographer I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of. And he said that, Photography is a way of feeling, of touching, of loving. What you've caught on film is captured forever. It remembers little things long after you've forgotten everything. Oh, yeah, totally. And that's kind of that that picture. Like, it's such a forgettable moment. You're just getting out of bed. The bed's unmade. There's some junk in the bed. Mm -hmm. Who would ever pause or choose to remember that? Right. But she's made it. She's she's frozen it. And it's a beautiful moment. It's it's just beautiful. The light and everything about it is so so rich and ephemeral. Like mm-hmm. it was probably gone moments later. This makes me think, of, I mean, just the idea of memory and how photographs now are really deeply tied to our memory. And I think in lots of ways that mm-hmm. some people just take pictures. So they're like, okay, I took a picture. I'll look at it later um, or I'll remember it now or whatever it is. And, and almost like... Um, a not even a supplement it's almost a replacement for really enjoying the actual experience of being there and being present and kind of like letting that memory you almost miss it by taking the picture you you taking yourself out of it right yeah but at the same time is you know then the other end of that spectrum are people that never take photographs and then you almost you forget so many things you don't have those things to like look look back on sometimes before i'm falling asleep i'll like look through my old photos or especially if i'm on a plane um before you know before wi-fi before anything else i'll i love to like look back at my old pictures from way back and just mm-hmm. think oh i totally forgot about doing that oh yeah we went there or oh that's right you know so and so was there it's i had that moment the other day where yeah. i opened lightroom i was looking for something mm-hmm. in particular but it forced me to do a search and i was searching at like 2008 yeah and i fe- felt like it was probably november and I was looking, it was taken with my iPhone 4, whatever it was, yeah. <laughs> and all these pictures popped up in the search results. Right. And I was like, oh, I, like I never would have gone through that year, that moment, and right. relived it. Yeah. It was really But also, had you never taken those photos, you, you wouldn't remember. I mean, it makes me think of um, my, my husband, who never takes photos. He can, like, look on his phone and scroll up once, and it goes all the way back to... I don't know, his first iPhone or something, um, that iCloud sync. But it's it's what is so interesting about that is just that I also feel like so much is missed. You know, I, I have a, a lot of friends He's that take at a peace, lot of... He's probably happy. He's happy with that, well, right? Now, now we're going down that path. Oh, yeah. but, it, but it's also, it's like the, the the other thing that I found is is interesting is I think I used to take a lot more photos when I was around people and loved ones that also took a lot of photos. Really? Interestingly. Um, I think it would go the both, other way. No, because I I think it's it sort of feel it sort of has felt like it's um it's a, an interruption it's you know taking taking out my phone and I'm taking a picture, whereas if everyone if it, not even at the same time it's just the act of like that people have cameras and they're yeah and then it's like it's friendly. just it's 
camera friendly, yes. <laughs> camera ready. <laughs> um, but I think what's interesting is just now that I think for me getting back into photography now and try and trying to take more pictures and get better. Um, it's been interesting because I've, you know, for the past you know six years, I really haven't been taking as many photos as I probably did prior to that. That's interesting. I'm remembering, uh, I've always been taking pictures, but I remember taking a trip with Jen to um, Antigua many years ago. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we were married back mm -hmm. then. And then we had like this one couple day adventure where a bush pilot took us to Dominica, wow. this other little island. It's a rainforest island. And we got to Dominica and we had this incredible adventure there. And um, I remember it was back in the film days mm -hmm. and I'd shot like a few roles on this trip, waterfalls and, you know, amazing yeah. stuff, adventure stuff, right? And my camera was stolen on the air. By the time I got back, like it was taken. Yeah. Um, and so for a guy who has like tons and tons of pictures of everything and right. going on this trip to the Bahamas, you know, to the Caribbean and have this one place that has no pictures of it. Right. And there's, there's like two pictures on a prior roll when I first was getting there. So I, like evidence that I landed, Yeah. but it forced me to remember it in a different way. Like I have to do work to remember Dominica mm -hmm. and that I was there. Yeah. There's no evidence yeah. that it happened. There's something about that. Uh, I don't know that I'd want my whole life like that, but right. it does make it, it heightens the experience in a weird way to not have pictures of it. Interesting. Also, though, that I always feel like that's the most heartbreaking part where you lose the the footage or you lose the because you you'll never you can't recreate it. You can't take it. You can go back, but it's not the same. And then you know it begs the question: Why? Yeah. Why do we have all these things? We're not going to, you know, you're going to go become 80 and then relive your the rest of your life. Just watch all the pictures or <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we're always from a neo-modern standpoint, we're always encouraging people to print that yeah. it's such a great the other day. Where were you the other day when in, where Instagram shut down? Were you around where you couldn't look at any pictures or load any pictures to Instagram? I was not. Uh, I mean, I was a, I was around. Yes, and I, was, I was physically present. Um, I just wasn't on Instagram at that for that uh, span. Well, I was. Yeah. And to have it, it's very disconcerting for Facebook and Instagram to pop up and say, you know, photos not available. Right. You're like, oh, man. Oh, and you realize how sort of fragile the whole system can be. Right. It, I mean, it all came back. It was not a big deal. Mm -hmm. But had there been an earthquake or the other things in the world, like things happen, right? Right. And so I was wondering, I, I, I know that the cloud storage is amazing as a hedge for like your apartment burning down and mm -hmm. the world being disruptive, but prints are a hedge against all that technology stuff going away and they both need, you need both. Oh, I think it's so important to just have them seen. It's actually one of the reasons I was going through my photos the other night is, uh, we had people over and I print, I have a bunch of photos on the wall, like just kind of family snapshot photos um, that I was like, all right, well, I need to update this. I need to have, I need to do more because now these are three years old and mm -hmm. I haven't really updated them. So um, I, I think it's so important because then it's not just your memories and that you get to relive them every time you walk down the hallway to the bathroom mm -hmm. or you, you know, turn the corner to the laundry room, but you get to be be familiar and like see them again. See yourself. See your friends and family. It happened. I mean, that moment was a fraction of a second, right? Five years ago, mm -hmm. it was a fraction of a second. And you've done something very surreal by making that fraction of a second hours long, weeks long. Meaning you can yeah. sit there and just sit there in that moment that was there and gone. Right. And now <laughs> you can just 
be in this space. Yeah. It's, I don't think people understand how surreal, reg, just plain, ordinary, taking a picture and then looking at the picture later is. That's mm-hmm. a surreal kind of thing that we have just come to be comfortable with. Right. They weren't comfortable with it back in, when it was invented, they described it as fixing a shadow. Mm-hmm. I was like that kind of way to think about it, that it was, you were taking something that was fleeting in light, in your mm-hmm. life and drawing it out into this extended experience. Uh, I don't know. That's it's, a cool, it's a cool way to think about it. Fixing a shadow. Yeah. Let's let's wind this down. There's other stuff we could talk about. Uh, this was kind of a kind of a crazy <laughs> Just like episode. Just catching catch up. I don't know. We tried some Instagram I, stuff. We... we need to talk about Instagram. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to do a, a good Syntopicon of of uh, of all the of the shows we've done recently. But let's save uh-huh. that. We'll save that. All right. Sounds great. I think this was good. It was great to see you. I know. Great to see you. Enjoy this lovely afternoon in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, well, let's go have a glass of wine and sit outside. And... I think that sounds perfect. All right. All right. Wrap well, it up. our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco. Go to neomodern.com slash podcast to get show notes, see photos, and post comments, and leave reviews and ratings on iTunes. I know that Ruben has made a plea um, for some re- reviews and ratings, so if you guys have a few minutes, we'd definitely appreciate it. Yeah. And don't forget to subscribe. We get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. If you know someone who might get something from us, send them a link. Thanks to Mitchell Foreman for our theme music and all of you for hanging out with us. We appreciate your attention and hope we've given you some things to think about. Until next time. 